0: four Joshu puts his sandals on his head Main subject Nansen told the previous story Nansen kills the cat to Joshu and asked his opinion Joshu immediately took off his straw sandals and, putting them on his head, walked away. Nansen said, If you had been here, you could have saved the cat. Sejo's verse. The case completed. He consults Joshu. Who has roamed at leisure in the capital city? Straw sandals on the head, can anyone understand? Returning home, then there is rest. Last night, the almost full moon, so bright in the sky. And today, after pre-dawn rain, sun came out, clouds came again. A wind filled with moisture foretold what came next. And even, I heard, maybe you did too, some thunder. This is quite something. Perhaps it means we will have spring for a while. That mm-hmm. flowers everywhere opening right before our eyes. Birds singing so exultantly. It's not going to snow again. No, it's not going to snow. Well, maybe tomorrow, but... And today, at our spring session we are picking up from winter sessions case 63 in the blue cliff record nansen kills the cat in the mumon con in the gateless gate some of you have worked on this koan And you'll remember that both parts are together. But here we have them as two separate sequential koans. And the Blue Cliff Record is the most exhaustive investigation into these cases that appear one after another throughout the book, compiled by Secho and with comments and sometimes an introduction and notes by Engel Kokogon. So today we come again to nonsense. extremity and Joshua's response beyond words, beyond any explanations. To fathom this Relationship killing the cat, putting sandals on his head, requires a mind that cuts cuts through <coughs> without any hesitation. I dare say that hesitation is one of the most difficult things we encounter in our lives, right? There is something that requires attention. Well, maybe I, I, I better check. Let's see, now, what do you think? If I can get this right, then I can do it, but I'm not sure I'll get it right. So maybe I'd better check in with other people and figure it out. And by that time, what's happened? long gone, anything you do will be, after the fact, irrelevant. And in our minds, this kind of pattern goes on and on and on and on. So this ability to cut through directly to the essence, to the core, the lightning activity of this one mind that Joshu displays in this koan is must be what we aspire to aspiration is very important in our practice it's not enough just to notice things that get in the way like what primarily conceptual mind always drawing back from the experience of the moment to forming some little thing about it About, dirtiest word in Zen. What is it about? So to dwell there in that realm of about, that conceptual realm, is a complete waste of time. To have this mirror mind that sees and responds instantly. The clear mirror is what our continual practice is bringing us to realize. We are growing into this. Of course, we had it all along. But what? We got in our own way. A lot of stuff. We've added to it. So let's look at the main subject. Nansen told Joshu about what happened in Case 63 when the monks were arguing from the Eastern Hall, from the Western Hall, about a cat. Now, what do you think they were arguing? Some of you were here in winter session, you remember? What were they arguing over? Does a cat have Buddha nature? Does a cat have Buddha nature? Mm-hmm. Whose cat is it? Whose cat is it? It's our cat. No, it wandered in from the West. It's our cat. No, it traveled over to the East. It's our cat. And of course, this is a metaphor for what goes on in our own minds. Trying to fix something, trying to frame something, trying to organize and categorize the wildness of our true being to make it more palatable? I don't know, but we do it. So, in this main subject, he tells a story to Joshua about how no one could respond when he said, say a word, say a word, and I'll save this cat. Right? The other hand is holding a knife. No one could say a word. So, he killed the cat. Cut it in two. And here, in this main case, it says, he told the story to Joshua, and asked his opinion. Watch out. <laughs> what did it say when we were reading yesterday this Verse, faith in mind, right? Do you remember? What did it say about? Only cease to cherish opinions. Yes, avoid getting caught up. Yes, in preferences. The perfect way is not difficult. Just avoid getting caught up in preferences. So what opinion is Nansen asking Joshu for? Hmm? Did I do the right thing? You think that's what nonsense is asking Joshua? Don't forget, nonsense is Joshua's teacher. Mm -hmm. Did I do the right thing? (laughs) Was it bad that I killed the cat? (laughs) Did it go against the precepts? (laughs) Joshua. asking joshu for his response his what kind of response hmm let's see you told me you killed a cat just to get those guys to stop arguing Do you think that's what he's asking for <laughs> no of course not he's asking joshu's opinion what is the opinion Nansen is asking Joshu to bring forth. He's still in that say a word, right? Speak. The cat's already dead. Still. Speak. The opinion of no opinion. The opinion of no opinion, Subuti. <laughs> That's right the opinion of vast space, the opinion of, as Sosan puts it in this faith in mind, the mind harmonious with the way, the principle of identity in which we find all strivings quieted. And then what? Choshu? immediately took off his straw sandals putting them on his head walked away to which nonsense said if you had been here you could have saved the cat now this is immediately troubling to our logical minds isn't it it's at least as troubling as nonsense killing the cat to save the monks of the eastern and western halls from their logical minds you with me so far so what is this business of putting sandals on the head why i'm sure you're wondering well, let's just look at these two masters who are meeting in this one mind in this case, 64. They appear in case after case of all the koan collections. So by now, for some of you who go to session almost every time here, Daibasatsu, New York Zendo, and elsewhere, you know them well. Some people may not be as familiar, so allow me to just give a few words about them. About. This is the about part of my show. You can forget about it. Nansen Fugan Zenji lived from 748 to 834, and he was brilliant, very creative, He had an early realization around the age of 18 and became one of the most outstanding dharma heirs of basodo itsu zenji and he had quite a few and then after receiving dharma transmission he went off and built a hut on Mount Nansen, from which he took his name, and stayed there for how many years? I'll give you a hint. This is a very frequently used expression in Zen. Thirty more years! You think you got something? Thirty more years! And this is what many, many great teachers did. Not necessarily for 30 years, but in Nansen's case, this is what he did, deepening his realization. Endless is the Buddha's way. So profound, his realization, that all he could do was... Be drawn into further profundity isn't this something very different from our culture okay you got it okay bye bye start your own center now so hiding in the mountains but word got around and people started coming to nansen for his great wisdom. One of them was a high-ranking government official who managed to persuade him to come down the mountain and teach. And more and more students gathered around him. Hundreds of students found him, and one of them was Joshu. Joshu was born in 778, so From 778 to 748, who's good at that? 78, 48. 30 more years, right? So the 30 year interval between the birth of one and the birth of the other also has some resonance. hmm? How old was Joshua when he died? 120 or 119 depending on what month you're looking at anyway how else do we know joshu of course many many koans he appears but fundamental koan for everyone doing koan practice and yeah moo right what's the koan We have a cat, we have a dog, Buddha nature. Any Buddha nature here? Oh, I'm so disappointed. (laughs) No! Means no. Beyond, yes. Yeah, I'm a Buddha too. Beyond, no, you piece of shit. Beyond. This is moo. If anyone ever asks you, what is moo? Has that happened to you? Hmm? What is moo? Now you know what to say. You piece of shit. I got asked to do a class. Hmm? No? (laughs) anyway I, i i use these expressions just to free us up a little bit from you know this this kind of uh locked into some artificial sense of the importance of everything the meaning of what does it mean what is it about We have to break out of this mentality. All the koans are an invitation to break free. And the relationship of the teacher and the student in doing koan work can be, what, uncomfortable, frustrating, irritating, confusing, painful? Hmm? Did I leave something out? Having fun. (laughs) HAVING FUN! See, she's not doing koan work. (laughs) Great koan of your life, having fun. This is breaking out. Wonderful. As life koan, genjo koan. We can get too serious about this business as we go through the texts. But to just have fun with a koan. Pick it up. Jump in. Respond. Put your sandals on your head. Very good. Anyway, Joshu, when he was very young, he lost his father and mother. They both died. And at the age of 17, he had his first breakthrough, first realization. Do you remember what he said when he experienced this awakening I just spoke on this at DBZ so some of you were there hmm yes what's this mean you're afraid to say <laughs> It was a beautiful thing that he said. Suddenly, I was ruined and homeless. Suddenly, I was ruined and homeless. Of course, if you tell somebody who's coming here to have some great enlightenment experience, uh, this is what it's going to be. You're going to be ruined and homeless. They may have second thoughts, but that's the issue, isn't it? These second thoughts, ruined and homeless, everything. Everything. Nothing left. No ideas about it. No generalizations. No descriptions. No conditions. It just is raw bare. wide open mind but joshu knew he had to go deeper there is no complacency allowed you cannot rest on your laurels in zen As Joshu, later on, told a monk who came for instruction, wash your bowl. bowl. Oh, no, it's so good. I want to hold on to it. Oh, it's so, look, a little bit of porridge left here. Mmm, still delicious. Wash your bowl. So he went to Nansen's place and asked Nansen, what is the way? Nansen replied, Ordinary mind is the way. Ordinary mind is the way. You know, the last time, I think it was at a Holy Day Session, and I was speaking on Jôshu and came to this again, this koan, and said, I think from now on, every Taisho I give, I will recite this. So sure enough, I come here. The next case, sequentially, is Jôshu. Okay, so he asked, what is the way? And Nansen replied, ordinary mind is the way. Joshu then asked, shall I try to seek after it? This is a natural question, right? I'd like to know. What is the way? How shall I get there? How can I find that way? Nansen said, if you try for it, you will become separated from it." Jōshū said, how can I know the way unless I seek it? This is our dilemma, right? We want to know this great way of Buddha. And when we want to know We want to find out how to get there. Where is this way? Show me how to get on the way. Nonsense said the way is not a matter of knowing or not knowing. Knowing is delusion. This is very helpful, right? Because we feel bereft much of the time, if we could only know. But as you may have realized for yourself, knowing is delusion. So then what? Okay, I just won't, you know, I won't investigate this matter, I'll just uh, whatever, okay. What does that do? Not knowing is... Ignorance. Confusion. confusion. It sounds better. Delusion, confusion. <laughs> ignorance is good too. It also... Either way, knowing and not knowing both stem from fundamental ignorance. And this is very difficult for us because, after all, we've been trained, right? Well-trained in pursuing knowledge. And the more we pursue knowledge, the more we find ourselves mired. Well, maybe admired too. We get a PhD, you know, whatever. But mired in delusion. And the opposite. Giving up and saying, oh what, yeah, uh, doesn't really do it. So both are aspects of ignorance, as you say. And then Nonsense said, when you really have reached the true way, beyond doubt, you will find it is vast and boundless as outer space. How can it be talked about on the level of right or wrong? Hearing this, Joshu had great awakening. The last vestiges of knowing or not knowing fell away. And then what happened? He spent the next 30 years, 30 more years with nonsense. Those 30 years ended with nonsense death but in a way they never ended some of you were at Ateroshi's funeral and you can really feel that no end to it not a moment's separation Then Joshu went into three years of mourning. And upon finishing those three years there at Nansen's temple, he went on a pilgrimage, testing his understanding with other teachers all throughout China. Twenty years walking, walking, walking. No trails much of the time. Just walking the way. Finally, he settled down in his own place. Kanon Temple. How old do you think he was then? Maybe you've been following along? Mm -hmm. He was 80 years old when he finally consented to sit still in his own temple and receive students. And it was said that when he spoke a light hovered around his lips. Engo Kokogon in his commentary says like a flint struck spark like a flash of lightning. Joshu immediately took off his sandals, put them on his head, and left. His realized mind produced the living word, not the dead word. Each day renewed, each moment renewed. This sounds familiar, right? Isn't that what we're doing? Here, each breath renewed, each flower renewed. But his act of putting his sandals on his head has, you'll be happy to know, perplexed generations of Zen students ever since. We are not alone. You cannot fathom these two cases without your own true experience. You can't comprehend by figuring things out. That's our go-to, that's our default mode. Let's try to figure this out. This is why Koan work is necessarily so frustrating. We must frustrate that default mode. Engo said, you must bring forth your own family treasure. What is your own family treasure? Your own experience. Hmm? Your own experience. Your own realization. Only then, he said, will you see the great function of Joshua's total capacity. I think one of the pitfalls in this case when we look at Joshu's act is that we may think it's in some way dismissive of nonsense story. Maybe in a sense, like, I don't care. What are you telling me all that about? The whole mishagosh. But it's really anything but not caring This act of Joshua is 100% mind to mind with nonsense, great effort with those monks of the Eastern and Western halls. What we are seeing here, this mind to mind relationship is mutual, exhausting oneself in compassion most compassionate koan genpo roshi said of nonsense kills the cat and immediately people's minds were like what are you talking about tell that to the cat <laughs> but to really understand what is life, what is death? What is it that prevents us from living in ultimate freedom? Life, death, good, bad, right, wrong. Hmm? To free beings from their dualistic entanglements, is the only thing these two great masters are concerned with. How else can we speak about saving beings? If it's just a band-aid, that suffering continues. To get at the very core, that's why we're here, our own entanglements, to cut them completely, once and for all. Cut. Joshu is not caught up in nonsense story. He was one with nonsense in a full embrace of the activity Of compassion. There's a saying covered by the sky, held up by the earth, complete embrace. Just this. Someone said, When I feel I am completely focused. There is no time. I don't have to worry. Everything is done in its own time, in, which is my time, which is no time. And this is what Joshu meant when he said, You are used by the 24 hours. I use the 24 hours or dogen being time this is the most wonderful ease of our lives not to be just a little bit behind or a little bit ahead right every now and then you feel in your meditation Or as the tea ceremony puts it, one act, one time, no gap, no rushing to catch up, no wishing you had done whatever, just now. Therefore, no worry. Rinzai put it in that one word, buji. Bougie, just nothing to do. It's already done. You are here to live this, not to catch up to it, not to put it in a box and smother it, but to be it, this Bougie. Or as I said, first night, spring comes. Grass grows by itself. Fully at ease. This morning in the Diamond Sutra, Subuti told us, World-honored one, when the Buddha declares that I excel among holy men in quintessential samadhi, in dwelling in seclusion and in freedom from passions, I do not say to myself, I am a holy one free from passions. World-honored one, if I said to myself, such am I, you would not declare, Sabuti finds happiness, abiding in peace, in seclusion. This is because Sabuti abides nowhere. Therefore, he is called Subhuti, joyful abider in peace, dweller in seclusion. This is Buji. This is perfect ease. This is the great rest. And we all want this. We want this wondrous ease, this true peace, right? This place where practice and enlightenment are one, as Dogen put it. Dogen's great statement on the great way of the buddha ancestors there is always unsurpassable practice continuous and sustained seshing it forms the circle of the way it is never cut off even when you don't feel as though You are one with. It is never cut off from you. It is always there, waiting for you, yearning for you. Then Dogen says, between aspiration, practice, enlightenment, and nirvana, there is not a moment's gap. This being so, Continuous practice is unstained, not separated by you or others. The power of this continuous practice confirms you as well as others. Remember what Buddha said when he was enlightened? Wonderful. I and all beings together one and at the same time are perfect and complete. And Dogen ends this quote by saying, It means your practice. Please write this down. Okay? In your true mind, write this. Not, it means your practice affects the entire earth and the entire sky in the 10 directions. This is Dogen. So urgent. This practice is so urgent. We cannot waste a single second in going off and wandering the highways and byways. Our practice affects the entire earth, the entire sky. So how do we do this again? So, Sanzenji already told us. This I know you have written down in that mind of yours that is not confined by analytical reasoning. The perfect way is not difficult. Just avoid getting caught up in preferences. When you are free from aversion and craving, it reveals itself fully and without disguise. To set up what you like against what you dislike, this is the disease of the mind. When the deep meaning of the way is not understood, peace of mind is disturbed to no purpose. The way is perfect, like vast space. Nansen knew So Zenji's words well, with nothing wanting, nothing superfluous. Buji. It is indeed due to picking and choosing that you lose sight of its suchness. He chose to end. (laughs) Just avoid picking and choosing. This just, right? It's a little tricky, isn't it? It's amazing how much the mind is engaged in, even the most minutely subtle choice and attachment. So we become just wonderful, sitting sazan just then what Ooh, little thoughts come swirling around choices and preferences arise again and again so we really have to look at what's happening it's not allowed to just wander off without concern, right? Our practice affects the entire earth. We're responsible for the entire earth. Hmm? So, you must see what's going on. Check, check. Any thought, in the usual sense of thinking, is a thought of right and wrong. It's a preference. And the way cannot be realized when we're tangled up in these preferential views. We're seeing through a filter of like and dislike. Cannot see clearly with that mirror mind. You may know the saying, gold dust is precious, but in the eye it causes blindness. So we may be accumulating a lot of things we think are precious, but they are getting in our way. But here we are. When we are truly returning again and again to just, 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 then as we chant in the morning in Bodhisattva's vow, in each moment's flash of our thought, there will grow a lotus flower, and each lotus flower will reveal a Buddha these kinds of flashes of thought have nothing to do with preferential mind. They are just pure emanations of our true nature. The first Zen book I ever read was this one, Way of Zen, Alan Watts, 1957. I read it soon after it came out. He was born in 1915 and died in 1965. It was the year I graduated from college. And now his daughters are coming to Daiba Zendo at the end of May Uh, for a weekend we've titled Forest Bathing. We have many, many things happening that weekend, but including... Watts's daughters reading from his letters, a new book they just put out. So I was looking again at the way of Zen, as I was thinking about way, and he wrote, The basic position of Zen is that it has nothing to say, nothing to teach, The truth of Buddhism is so self-evident, so obvious, that it is, if anything, concealed by explaining it. Therefore, the master does not help the student in any way, since helping would actually be hindering. On the contrary, he goes out of his way to put obstacles and barriers in the student's path. And the student soon discovers that the Roshi has no patience whatsoever with philosophical or other wordy answers. The Roshi wants to be shown. What is the way? You know the way is English for Dao in Chinese, Do in Japanese. And the Dao De Jing in Chapter 11 really brings us to, I think, An intimacy with the way. We join the spokes together in the wheel, but it is the center hole that makes it move. We shape clay into a pot, but it is the emptiness inside that holds the water. We hammer wood into a house, but it is the inner space that makes it livable. We work with being, but non-being is what is used. In Tom's wonderful talk yesterday, he reminded us that as we sit here, still we are, the stony ridges along Onondaga Creek, the way is under our feet in every direction. Water, pebbles, grass, wood chips, stardust walking on stardust, is how physicists might put it. Just this endless dimension universal way and as you said to to really find our way to know our way not with knowledge or no knowledge but to be intimate with it we have to get out of our own way and alan watts book titled My own, in my own way is a wonderful pun. We must really look into this. Are you in your own way? Are you on your own way? Or in the way of your own way? (laughs) so this is our work right it's unending to see directly what is in the way and realize it's lack of substance to stop identifying as oneself all the clutter that we have been carrying around and thinking has some kind of unchanging form that circumscribes our being, and holding on for dear life everything that is already gone. All the comparisons, the self-evaluation, the old stories that lead to new narrations, the philosophical concepts, all those views and opinions and self recriminations. I'll never get it right. The fear, the confusion, the misunderstandings, the angry attacks, the loathing. What else? You can all add to this. But what's really needed is subtraction. Without becoming swamped by them, look at the feelings that arise. Before they take form, before they have some seeming unchanging reality, see them. Get out of the way, you can say to them. Who do you think you are? You think you're real? You have to empty the bowl again and again. Subtract, wipe, clean, cut through. Then the great way is not difficult then your own way stretches wherever you are simply directly secho's verse the case completed he consults joshu the case completed means Nansen did all he could for those monks They were entangled in relative views. He called them to see the fundamental truth. No one could speak. So he completed He cut two into one. This is our sword of Manjushri. Each one of us must wield settled it completely and asked Joshu to meet him at that ultimate point. And Joshu, who has roamed at leisure in the capital city, freely roaming in the capital city, undismayed by its noise and its activity, Engo says of this line, singing and dancing, they accompany each other. Those who know the tune are few. Speaking of the capital city, someone asked, well, what about Trump? What about Washington, D.C., our capital? How can that be? comprehended when we recite, when I, a student of Dharma, look at the real form of the universe, all is an ever-failing manifestation of its glorious light. Really? But when our neighbor is jeering at us as we are walking in silent meditation, i a cult! <laughs> then we feel, oh my God, the weight of that hostility. Then we may remember, in the Lotus Sutra, the Bodhisattva never despise people throwing rocks, shouting, hurling insults, and saying always, Someday you, too, will become a Buddha. To feel this in our hearts is to realize the way that compassion is not reserved for those deserving of compassion, right? When I, a student of Dharma, look at the real form of the universe, not the apparent, not the relative, but to see it directly, absolute relative like this, one, appearances. Always shifting, always changing. No inherent reality. Real form. So we appreciate all these avatars of Buddha. We have so many helping us. Right? In all the ways we need. And then He is roaming, Joshua is roaming, the verse says, in the capital city. The name of the capital city was Chang'an, which means eternal peace. And the capital here in this verse also is a way of speaking of nonsense mind, Joshua's mind, your mind. This freedom of no entanglements. No enslavement. So Joshu's immediate gesture. This is a genuine act. It is not some imitative, crazy Zen. But rather, not artificial at all. The genuine thing. And Secho says, straw handle sandals, straw sandals on his head. Can anyone understand? And once again this knowing not knowing delusion confusion with this mind no we cannot. The saying, only I myself can know. Only I myself can experience it. Or another way of putting it, to know for yourself whether the water is warm or cool. Returning home, then there is rest. That's how the verse ends. We all start out seeking outside as ordinary mind is the way. Puts it. Shall I seek after it? And Joshua's awakening at hearing nonsense words, no more striving, then there is rest. When we have found our original home, we have returned to this original home. Anything we do, anywhere we go, is perfect and complete, with every step, never apart from this way.